Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. Thanks for joining me today as we continue our series for the newly bereaved. Now, when I say newly bereaved, I'm talking about the first two to three years, because if you're less than five years into this, it's considered fresh grief for a parent who has lost a child. For some reason, many of us seem to think that one year is some magical time when we'll turn a corner and things will start to get better. I did, and it didn't. I don't want you to have that same expectation so that you think something is wrong with you when that just doesn't happen. In some ways, the second year was better, but in some ways, it was even worse. For me, it wasn't until I got into the third year when I started feeling like maybe I could breathe again and that maybe I needed to figure out who I was and how to live my life with my daughter gone from this earth. This week, you are going to be hearing from Pam Vredevelt, who has faced both the pregnancy loss and the death of a 16-year-old son. Pam and I met a few years ago at a national conference for bereaved parents. She had discovered the My Grief Journey coloring book and journal online, and she found me at the conference to talk to me about it and wanted to know how to carry it on her website. And she also carries the My Grief Journey for Kids book. Pam is a licensed professional counselor. She's a popular conference speaker and a best-selling author. She's married to her best friend, John, and they have four children. Two of them reside in the United States and two are in heaven. Her grace-filled wisdom, refreshing hope, and practical counsel have guided thousands towards recovery after a deep loss, including the loss of a child. Now, you're going to be listening to a recording that Pam so graciously made for our Grieving Parents Sharing Hope listeners for you, and she's giving her thoughts and her advice to newly bereaved parents. You will be able to tell in her kind and gentle voice that she is very compassionate and has a calling and a special gift to come along beside those who are in the depths of pain of loss. I will let you know there are some noises in the recording that we couldn't get out. Please don't let that distract you from what Pam has to share. And with that, here she is. Hi, I'm Pam Friedevelt, licensed professional counselor mom of two children in heaven, and online grief coach. And it's my privilege to spend some time with you today, and I hope that something that is said in the next few minutes will breathe hope and courage your way. The place that you're in right now, having recently lost your baby or your child, is one of the most painful places you'll ever be in this world. I think the loss of a child is the most catastrophic, heart-wrenching experience anybody can go through. Nobody ever plans on losing their children. We give birth to our babies. We're excited to raise them and to see them fly the nest and go on and have productive lives. And we don't plan on them dying before us. And everything is upside down. A friend of mine that I was talking to about this recently who has battled a chronic debilitating disease for about 18 years, she said, you know, 
the people that move forward in God's strength and power after losing a child are those who are overmatched by life and they know it. And I really resonated with that because I know that after we lost our baby halfway to term and then our 16-year-old son, when he was hit by a car on the freeway, I was overmatched by life many, many times. And there were times I wondered if I was going to make it. And I'm sure that you didn't plan on being immersed in the kind of sadness that you're in today either. And you probably have times when you wonder if you're going to make it. And the more you love, the more you hurt, and the greater the bond with your child, the greater the pain. And, you know, it's just plain hard to know what to do with all that pain because most of us didn't grow up in homes that equipped us or that taught us the skills to work through grief. I remember in four years of graduate school, there was not even one class offered on skills and the grieving process and how to effectively work through a painful loss. So I want to encourage you today, first thing out of the chute, give yourself a lot of grace right now because there are going to be times when you feel stuck and when you feel overwhelmed by grief and that's absolutely natural. And none of us really came into this experience prepared. But there are good tools that you can gain. And I'm so glad that you tuned in to hear Laura's broadcast because you really do have more power and strength than you know. The fact that you decided to tune in today is really uh, an indicator that you are determined to take good care of your heart. And you must. After losing a child, your heart needs a very special kind of care and attention. And it's places like this podcast where you can receive good information and hope and healing. And please keep tuning in. Give yourself credit for what you are doing and that you've, you know, you've taken some good steps to help yourself heal. You know, one of the things that was so uh, obvious to me in my own healing journey is my tendency to want to avoid the grief and to ignore it and kind of hide it from our from myself. And I think it's just human nature because God has created us with this built-in defense mechanism so that we survive. And that defense mechanism is to avoid pain and pursue safety and pleasure. We're hardwired for that. But those physical threats uh, that we need to protect ourselves from uh, when we're in danger are very different than how we need to respond to the emotional pain that we have following a loss. See, our pain has to be seen and acknowledged in order for us to be able to heal. And healing does happen best in the context of safe relationships, in the context of our relationship with God, and in the context of our relationship 
with safe, supportive people. But the problem is, we tend to avoid and hide our grief from ourselves and from others because it's frankly just so painful. And we really don't know what to do with all that pain. I know I didn't. It it's uh, it's hard because we're afraid at times that the pain is going to consume us. It's just going to swallow us alive. And we don't know what to do with the pain. And one of the things that I came across in my studies after we lost our son was in the grief science research. And there was a, a study of about 300 people who had lost a loved one within 18 months of this study. And long story short, what they found was when we avoid and push down, suppress our painful feelings, our grief related to the loss, what actually ends up happening is we tend to have increased negative ruminations, increased symptoms of anxiety, increased symptoms of depression, and we prolong and intensify our suffering and our grief actually gets complicated. So what we resist persists. When we resist our grief, that grief energy, grief is an energy, emotional energy, e-motion, energy in motion, emotional energy. When we resist that, it's going to persist. When we push that down rather than allowing it to be efficiently expressed, that grief energy goes into our bodies and it can end up making us sick. And it also stays there. It doesn't just go away. That energy doesn't just go away. It, it goes underground. And then we find as time goes forward, that that toxic energy starts coming up at very inconvenient times, sometimes embarrassing times, and we do things and say things that hurt the people that we love the most. We don't want to carry this grief energy into our future or to bury it so that it comes out in toxic ways that end up harming our relationships. My encouragement to you today is that emotionally, emotional honesty is what will promote your healing. Be emotionally honest with yourself and with God and with other safe friends who have walked this path and really get it and aren't daunted by what's going on in your heart. That is critical to your healing process. That's why people like Laura and what they're doing with their podcast is so valuable because pain that isn't transformed will be transmitted. If your pain is not transformed in relationship with, in the context of the relationship you have with God and in the context of relationships with safe people, that pain, that emotional energy of grief is going to be transmitted onto others and you just aren't going to be who you want to be. So I want to encourage you to do the work. I, I had to come face to face 
with that myself and how that looked for me was every day I would take about 20 minutes and most of the time I didn't feel like I wanted to but I knew that this was the prescription a prescription for me to promote my healing I'd pull out a journal and I'd just dump I'd start writing exactly what I was thinking what I was feeling about the loss of our baby or the loss of our son dumping that confusion dumping that emotion and being really frank and honest with myself I don't have to pretend for anybody this is for me and I don't have to pretend for God because God already knows it anyway uh, what we need to do is is be honest for ourselves and bring those things into God's presence and into our relationship with God so that he can give us perspective so I would dump and dump and then I'd pause and I'd say, God, I need perspective here. I need to see as you see. Show me what will help my heart heal. Give me your perspective. Let me hear what I need to hear to make progress. And you know, sometimes there would be very specific thoughts that would come to mind there would be very specific insights that would bubble to the surface and I'd write those things down. Other times, I would just kind of feel like I was in a fog. But you know, the days that followed, I'd begin to see some answers to that question and that hunger for perspective and understanding. God can speak into our pain and change things and shift things so powerfully if we will give him that time. And some of the greatest insights and breakthroughs for me came as I just took that time to dump and write, God got an earful. (laughs) And then some kind of new perspective would come to me. And, and, And sometimes it takes dumping all that high energy and confusion so that the mind can settle. And then you can see a bit more clearly. God is amazing the way he can speak into our grief fog with just one little ray of light that helps us just keep going. So I want to encourage you to be emotionally honest with yourself because it empowers the healing process. And the second thing I want to leave with you today is please be compassionate with yourself. One of the things that I know I struggled with and I see most often in the counseling office with anybody that has lost a child is we are so hard on ourselves. We're so quick to criticize ourselves. And what happens is when something goes wrong, when you lose your baby, when you lose your child, something goes wrong and it's turned your world upside down. The brain will try to reestablish, the mind will try to reestablish control. And what better way than blaming ourselves? That's kind of the natural go-to. And what happens is when we're blaming, when we're criticizing ourselves, when we're kind of sucked into those negative loops of woulda, coulda, shoulda, oh my goodness, what it does is it taps our threat defense system again. And 
it's saying danger, danger, danger. And it's putting all that cortisol and adrenaline in our, in our blood. And it's actually hindering our healing process. So we are at the same time attacking ourselves. We're the, the, also the attacked. And that does not help to mend your broken heart. But what does help is giving yourself a lot of self-compassion. The word compassion actually means to suffer together with in the original language. To suffer together with. You're in a time of suffering. And you want to give yourself grace and compassion in this time just like God does. God enters into our suffering with us to love us through this process and to mend our broken hearts. He's very close to you right now, just a breath away. And that's why being honest and open and willing to grieve with God and with others who can love us back to health, who can extend compassion in the midst of this suffering, that will promote our healing. See, when we talk gently with ourselves, when we are kind and we offer ourselves uh, any kind of soothing and nurturing practices, that actually activates the caregiving system in our bodies. And we release hormones and endorphins that make us feel safe and loved. And when we give ourselves compassion, we actually shift ourselves out of that threat defense system and we feel much more balanced and we have better footing to do what needs to be done well. And that is our grief work. So please give yourself compassion. One of the things I like to do with my clients is encourage them to write a letter of compassion to themselves for all that they are going through, all that that they are having to deal with and to encourage themselves in this process. And sometimes people have a hard time with this. You know, they, they, they realize they talk to themselves so harshly and they would never say to a best friend what they're saying to themselves about this. And so one of the ways we kind of shift out of that is I'll say, well, can you think of a, a grandma, a special grandma or a, an auntie or even a teacher or a coach or, or some adult figure during your childhood that you felt so loved and cared for. They were just, you just knew they had your back. You just knew that no matter what mistakes you made or how you blundered things, they would be there for you and you would just be fully accepted and loved. If you can't write this letter to yourself in your own voice, then what I want to encourage you to do is write it in their voice. Write yourself a letter from them as you think they would say it to you and write it about the fact that you're you're making it you're getting up each day they're applauding you they're loving you through this process they're giving you attaboys for continuing to put your feet on the floor and stand up and and go to bed and get up and go to bed 
and get up and go to bed. You're choosing life. You're choosing life. And it's a tough choice at times because there are times when you don't want to. I know that because I've been there too. So acknowledge the little steps that you're making because they're good steps. They're hard steps and they're worth acknowledging and applauding. And when you're compassionate with yourself, you don't drive yourself. You don't push yourself. See, the, sometimes the, the more we've lost our way, the faster we go. And that really is not helpful. This is a time when you really want to slow down a bit and give yourself the time and energy you need to do your grief work and to treat yourself with a lot of compassion. Find ways to nurture yourself and to care for that broken heart. And I know that as you do, God will be there with you. As you welcome him into your healing process, you will be amazed at how God shows up for you. And if you're angry with God, that's understandable. He's not daunted by that. Dump it. Dump it with him. Explain it to him. Ask him the hard questions. It's so important that we be honest about that. And you have a safe place where you can do that. And you have safe people around you. Uh, Laura and this podcast is a good place to continue to get great resources. So I hope that something that I've said today has given you a little bit of hope and courage. It's been my privilege to be with you. I applaud your efforts to choose life. And I can promise you that God will keep his promise to you. He will. He is mending your broken heart right now. And he will continue to do so. And he's not going to stop until he's done. You do your part and God will do his. You take good care. Thank you so much, Pam. If you would like to connect with Pam directly, her website is pamvredevelt.com. The last name is spelled V-R-E-D-E-V-E-L-T. We'll also have a link to that in the show notes. One of the things, uh, well, there was so much in there that wasn't there. I loved how she talked about the emotion being energy. Another part that I especially appreciated was how Pam shared why it's so important to give ourselves grace and to be compassionate towards ourselves, how it affects our brains and bodies in the healing process. I had not heard that before. I just knew it was important. I also loved how she talked about asking God for his perspective. That can be really hard to do, but the sooner you are able to do that, the sooner he will be able to speak into your pain and shift things in a way that brings you out of the deepest part of the darkness and back into light and life again. Before we go on to the birthday segment, I did mention how Pam and I met, and it was based on one of the books that I have out there. It is a coloring book and journal for bereaved parents. Now, uh, journaling is important, and a lot of times we hear that, but it's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I would write. Well, this book 
gives you a prompt. It goes through over 40 words of our grief journey. And each word, I have written something to it. There's a scripture verse for it. I have a friend who hand drew all of the pictures. You don't have to color, but you certainly may. And then inside of that picture is a journaling prompt. And it might be, uh, the word might be fear. And it says something that I fear now. That was the first page I colored my own book. It might be time. Time means something different to me now. What does time mean to me now? So it's a prompting to help you write. And then there are extra pages to write. If once you get going, you start writing, you find yourself just still going. There are extra pages for that. There's also a matching children's version of this book. We simplified it. There's a ladybug in each of the pictures, but it's it's great for young kids. We left it blank in case they need to draw a picture. They're not old enough to write, but a parent and a child can do these books together, and you can be working on reading on coloring the same word and talking about that word within your grief. So it's a really good tool uh, to have for your child. The adult book is specifically for bereaved parents. The children's book is for any kind of grief, any deep loss. And uh, it's actually one of our best-selling books that we have. It's a great tool for kids. Now, we have a specific web page that talks about these books, and you can actually get a few sample pages if you're interested before you purchase the book. And I will put a link to those pages in the show notes. If you want to just purchase the book, you can get it on Amazon or your favorite book supplier. But the other thing is, if you want to order it directly from GPS Hope on our store, gpshope.org, just click the store button and find the books in the store. They're only $10, and I'll sign your book before sending it out. So enough about the coloring books and journals. Let's go ahead and go on to the birthday segment. Richie Rudkin was born on January 27th and is forever 27. Robert Lell was born on January 28th and is forever 26. Celeste France was born on January 29th and is forever 17. We do celebrate the day that these children came into the world. I was looking ahead, and I only have five birthdays to announce in February. If your son or daughter has a February birthday, please be sure to let me know. Just go to gpshope.org birthdays or any time in the year. Let me know, and I would be honored to share your child with the listeners of this podcast. This is the last episode in the series for the newly bereaved. Some of the future topics and series that I have planned going into this year are grief and music, helping our other children with sibling loss, our children who had organ donations, death of an only child or all of our children, death by suicide and overdose. I've got a lot of good topics coming up, so I hope you stay with us. March 16th is going to be our 100th episode already. If you have any ideas on what to talk about or what would make it extra special and meaningful, I would love to hear from you. Just email me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at gpshope.org. I want to close with a quote from Pam. The people that move forward in God's strength and power are those who are overmatched by life, and they know it. It is so beyond us to be able to pull ourselves out of the pit of darkness and get back onto the path of life and living again. No, it isn't going to look the same, but 
it can be done and it can be good again. You do your part and God will do his. Sometimes your part may be to rest and to pull away from what isn't absolutely necessary to do. Sometimes it may be to connect with others who are on this road ahead of you, like those of us here at GPS Hope. Sometimes it's just to sit with God and let him hold you as you share your heart with him, whether it's in tears or in anger. But just keep going one day, one hour, one minute, one breath at a time, if that's where you are. And wherever you are in this journey, I want you to remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.